0: Hello and welcome to the Anonic Goods, this is our seventh episode, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, um, thanks for supporting me during my first few eps. Right, so today we're going to do something a little bit different today, and... I am going to talk a bit more on the symptoms of mental health issues and where you can seek help if you need to. So, most of my life, in fact, I'll say all of my life as far as I can remember I have felt different to everyone else I don't feel like I fit in in most settings and it wasn't until I started delving into why that I really have started to understand it and Going back, it might be a couple of episodes, or maybe we talked about the last one, going back to what we're talking about, where in the New Beginnings episode, where I said that I changed doctors because of complications, that was my wake-up moment, per se. This could be your wake-up moment now, seeing me talk about this. That wake up moment is when you finally think, ah, I'm different and there's something going on, there's something missing that is stopping me from pursuing what I want to pursue. And I thought many years ago. I thought, "Wow, I'm doing so much better. I'm doing so much better than other people with ADHD. I never. I'll never need help. I'll be all right. I won't need to go um, pursue." Uh, help lines and that, but I thought I was cured, and that's why I was giving back to the ADHD community by working at the Out of ADHD um, organisation, New South Wales. Um, well, they're actually, all Australia now, but um, and that's the last started giving back. But there are certain traits that you can't see, but others can see in you. And for me, it took losing my medication for a few weeks to actually realise that I had anxiety hidden within me and depression and other mental health issues. And that's when I pursued help for various medical professionals. I didn't lay the victim. I self-funded most of my recovery, and I still am self-funding it. And it's something that I can proudly say that I'm doing, but there is help out there for, in Australia, like there's, uh, for example, autism. One of the biggest claimed events for the NDIS is autism. So if you're on the spectrum, I think it's a couple of thousand dollars, and you can you get an actual review of what level you are. And I believe level two and three, they do get help automatically. Um, But high-functioning level one autism, you've got to have certain problems to actually get help. And yeah. Something I have to say about the symptoms here, which is what I'm trying to keep on track with, but I keep drifting off. A symptom of autism is mo- getting motivation to do stuff you don't like doing, like cleaning the house up, uh, putting stuff away. I have trouble with that, sort of stuff, and people get frustrated at me. People think I'm lazy because I sit down and watch TV or I sit down and I meditate. But mindfulness and meditation clear up some of my symptoms of ADHD and autism. Just checking the mic. Still working. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Just be aware, there is a bit of background noise at the moment. So I do apologize for that. But yeah, this is the thing I love about doing these lives. You can sort of things change all the time, you know? And the awareness of what's around you and all that. And that's sort of where I have managed to work on myself is by be more self-aware now with symptoms I'm going to, I'm going to actually do something here I won't actually I'm going to work with props that I've got that I've currently got around me now I've got a bag here okay so this is just a fishing bag um, it's from oh it's from Silver Rocks in New South Wales but yeah what I'm going to show you now okay so, with symptoms or what I like to call them traits. Everyone's got traits. Don't have to have a mental illness, they have traits. We've all got bad and good traits. Now, what most people only see is that much like an iceberg. And in fact, not even yourself knows what's below, everything that's below the waterline. So you've got the waterline here, and look what's below the waterline. So this is the waterline, look how much is below there. So that's all, everything about yourself is below here. Most people only see up here, at the top of the iceberg. That's mind blowing. And you yourself, you probably only see because you probably don't see most of the stuff up the top here. Like you probably see half of it. Like interrupting people and uh, you don't, I don't realize I interrupt people at times. Or I can ask the same question over and over and over and over again. That's a trait up here that I can't see. Or maybe it's blow the wall, I don't know. Um, but just a, it's just the concept. But it's a way you could think of... It's an analogy you could use to think of how much we are, you know? But we all have symptoms now. I did talk about the unmasking theory or concept that people have talked about with autism I think even to some extent ADHD in one of the in one of the previous videos now my opinion is unless it's detrimental to you, you unless you really feel you're not being yourself and you're not being authentic then it's a skill if you've worked, but if you don't feel authentic, it's a false belief, and it's something you need to work on. It's a bad habit that you've learnt over many years to survive. And I think that's where the unmasking concept comes from. But my understanding of it is that you're unmasking everything, good and bad. Oh sorry, I touched the microphone there. Which I don't necessarily agree with. right? Like, I'll give you an example. This is not related to anyone. This is just something I'm making up right now. You've got a child who's got some sort of health issue, some sort of mental health issue, and you're sitting in a waiting room, and there's blocks, and they just keep stacking these blocks up, 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 knock him down. Up, 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 knock him down. There's five other people that are in that waiting room, and they're all getting fed up with this behavior because the blocks are hitting them and stuff. Five years down the track, that child is treated for, for a medical condition. I won't say, I won't actually say which one because I, uh, I'm not going to go specifics they found a way to get around that hyperactivity by I don't know um, doing something they really love maybe it's computers or something maybe they hyper focused on on computers and play games that's their outlet that gets rid of some of their hyper hyperactivity. Now yes, that could be a bad thing in some ways, but if it if they can control the habit or control or they can sort of just set a time timer for half an hour, gets it out of their system, that's a good habit. Or maybe they've got too much energy, they go to the gym and do boxing. That's a good habit. You don't want to unmask that. You don't want to remove that out of your life. If that's that's helping you, why would you remove that skill or strategy to survive in this world? We have people on the spectrum and not on the spectrum. We need to have strategies to survive. And... This is what I'm about now. I have spent many years learning about what it is like being someone with a condition that being ADHD. There's been challenges. There's been ups and downs, but there's also been positives. My ability to hyperfocus and 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 um, keep stuff going when there's when there's problems. Like here's another analogy. I'm not going to. This is based on a real story, but I'm not going to say say what it is let just say I was in a workplace and I was on a project and that project was critical to the, the company. There was a project manager and suddenly the project manager decided he going to leave, skip town, go home, go interstate, uh, be my new job staying in another state somewhere. Or another country, even. I'm on succumbent to this particular project. Now, my feeling is, I don't, something I learnt from working on the workforce is, I like to get stuff done. I can't just leave the project, put it on hold, and forget it. So I would make a strategy to keep that going, because I'm hyper-focused on this project. It's something I love, it's something something of passion. So i keep it going until we had the replacement for that person that left and moved on. This is what I'm coming to, this is what I'm about. So, what was the symptom of that? The symptoms were that the project was going to halt because someone left. Symptoms. <laughs> I don't know if this makes much sense to anyone, but. But. Yeah. It's another Another analogy. And back to the iceberg theory. Say I went to a job normally it's like my first job, okay? I've got ADHD. I start working on a project somewhere, and being young, naive, not understanding the world back then. We're in an important meeting, and they talk about something that's confidential, and they say, "Don't talk about it." What does someone with ADHD or, or autism do, like, can they I, can I keep secrets or can't they? You think about it. This is hypothetical, completely hypothetical, but what happens if that, if that person has, that's on the spectrum goes out and starts talking to the client with confidential information Well, the result is they get fired, potentially, or disciplinary action. Now, why am I bringing this up? Let's say Mr. Joe Bloggs gets fired because he he broke that rule of confidentiality with the client. He couldn't help himself. He was impulsive and, and that. He's just learnt a lesson. I know it's a hard way, but he's learned a lesson. What Mr. J. will do next is apply for another job. Now, there's one, there's there's two scenarios here. You can either learn from that mistake or you can repeat it and make your reputation even worse but the problem is if you don't know what your mistake is well you might repeat it again in the next place and I suspect in some cases there are there are instances where people just don't know why why did this happen how can I learn from that If I was to relive my first 10 years out in the world, you know what I would tell my younger self? I'd say, get a book and write down every mistake you make. Just keep writing them down. That way you learn from those mistakes and potentially you reduce that chance of suffering employer pain or pain out in the real world but at the same time it was sort of good some of this stuff happened because I I got to learn what it's like down the bottom. I often say this when you first start out in, in in the world in the c- career. Start at the bottom, learn the ranks, learn what people do at the bottom of the chain. That way you understand their frustrations as you grow, you understand what it's like doing those menial jobs and keep writing that list of mistakes because it can be that could be the most valuable thing you have. This is quite a deep episode. I'm gonna keep this very short today. Um I feel myself getting a little bit exhausted from talking about this. I will do a part two on this. Um You have any questions or comments, once again, please put them in the chat. Sorry, not in the chat, in the comments below, um, whatever podcast provider you're using. On YouTube, please like us and subscribe. Uh, as you've got the video and the voice on YouTube. And please subscribe on your um, podcast provider as well. And like us. I also ask you guys to please like us on Facebook, we are growing a little bit, um, just search for Anotic Goods and that will come up with the blue A is the logo and I will make a part two for this thank you and we will see you in the next episode